Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and I'm drinking another hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention my latest leadership book. It's called You Have the Watch, and it's available on my website and on Amazon. In fact, it's already a number one new release and a bestseller on Amazon. I'm really excited about this new book because it's not actually a book. It's a guided journal for leaders that will take you through an entire year of leadership training. There are 50 themes in the book, and each day you'll reflect on a different facet of that theme. This journal is designed to be on your desk at work for you to read and reflect on for about 15 minutes each morning. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them, and this journal helps you practice those skills. So if you're interested in this guided journal, go to youhavethewatch.com or Amazon to pick up your copy today. If you're looking to support what I do on the show, purchase any one of my books at johnsrenny.com and podcast listeners can use the discount code DEEP at checkout to get additional savings. Well, that is it. Today, I'm joined by a great friend of the show, Fred Stuvik Jr. You might remember him from way back in episode 30. Fred was quarterback for the Naval Academy, served as a naval officer like myself, and enjoyed tremendous success as an entrepreneur and business leader throughout his career. He's also written three amazing books on leadership and career success. And since his last appearance, Fred and I worked together on a project that I am excited for you to hear about. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Fred Stubick Jr. Fred is someone who has enjoyed incredible success in a number of different areas. He played football at the Naval Academy, where he lettered for three years as quarterback for the midshipmen. He served as a naval officer like myself. He held several key leadership positions in both private and public companies, leading several successful business startups. He's also written three amazing books on leadership and success. He is a returning guest of the show. And since his last appearance, we've collaborated on a project that we're going to talk about today. So, Fred, welcome back to the show. Uh, John, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me. And as we were talking before we started, uh, I'm 100 episodes later. <laughs> I was number 30. Yes. And now this is 130. Yes. And you're one of the top five podcasts. So <laughs> I think whenever I first got in, you might have been maybe one of the top 500. So <laughs> you've taken a leap since then, right? Right. Yeah, we were we were fairly new, 30, 30 podcast episodes deep when we first talked and we first met. And now, again, this is uh, episode 130. So we've come a long way. And it's actually been, it's interesting, it's been two full years since uh, we last talked. And, yeah. and, and what's happened in those past two years, right? The, the oh. world kind of went crazy in two years. <laughs> I mean... Who would have thunk? 
Huh? Right, right, absolutely. You know, um, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, during these years, during the pandemic, how how has that how has that affected you, and how has it affected sort of the the people that you talk to or deal with, some of the other leaders that you've talked to? What do you how do you think that's overall uh, impacted people? Just this overall pandemic, and especially as it affected leaders that you've seen. Well, I, I you know, from my from my standpoint, okay. Uh, I think it, what's very important is your routine. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you know, have the discipline to maintain the routine that gives you a sense of rhythm, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, I think it, it, it. I think it's very helpful. So, from my standpoint, I, I maintained my schedule as much as I could. For example, our fitness center wasn't mm-hmm. open. Well, that didn't matter. I would drive to the fitness center the same time I normally went. And I would do all the things I could bring some of the other devices. And then I would come home about the same time I did. And, you know, I, I got around it. Uh, I was glad when things opened up. Uh, we weren't really shut down too much here in Tennessee, which is, I think, is a good thing. I don't want to get into the politics yeah, yeah. of shutting down and all that. But uh, at the end of the day, it, you know, we didn't know what was going on at first kind of a zero-sum game. But I think what has happened is I think that the pandemic has spawned a whole whole host of issues mm. as it relates to how do we stay in touch with our people? How do we motivate them? How do we lead them? You know, what are the metrics? What, what do we do? And, you know, I think workers are trying to struggle, uh, you know, companies about trying to find the best know, approach, you know, you could talk about remote, you know, in office and all that. I I think at the end of the day, remote working is good for certain things. But if you want to, if you have something that's collaborative, I think you ultimately have to move to a a hybrid scheme. And uh, I mean, there are, you know, there, there are, have been books written on it. I'm actually thinking about that for my fourth, fourth book, but it's something that everybody's had to cope with and it's also been something that's uh cope with differently differently not only uh regionally but internationally i mean i have one son that lives in germany and one son that lives in japan and so they've you know the way they've gone about things and 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 done things i mean i I think you want to find a good balance but i think it's been a lessons learned and uh, i think you know one of the questions john is where have all the workers gone yeah, it's a good question. I know um, I have a lot of it's it's interesting as I travel by road, you know, when I'm going up and down the highways, you know, you go you stop someplace and there's there's usually understaffed. There's nobody there. You know, there you know, you might go to a fast food place and the and the and the um you know, the dining room's closed, but the, but the, you know, the drive throughs open or even sometimes they're completely shut down because they can't find people. So it's, it's a very interesting question. Where did all the workers go? Um, you know, and it, it's, uh, and I think a lot of people had a chance to think about their, where they wanted to be in their life. And a lot of people made career decisions, big career decisions saying, you know, I'm not going to work for a big company anymore. I'm going to start my own business or I'm going to do, you know, do gig work from now on, or I'm going to continue to look for remote jobs versus ever going back to the office. So I think people made some big decisions during this time as well. So I think it, I, I, I think you're right. I think this whole pandemic has sort of turned the labor market sort of upside down and, I, I don't know, when, you know, when we're going to come out of it to where things get back to some level of normal. Maybe they'll never go back to to, to normal. 
which which I, is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in between, but I think that the work environment has has changed quite a bit. I, I think one of the things that is a definite consideration is, as you know, John, most communication is nonverbal. Right. right. And you just lose a lot on, I mean, not that we can't communicate, but I think if it's something that's a collaborative effort, there's something that's very complicated, it's good to try, it's good to get face to face. So, you know, I, I think companies are realizing that and trying to get, you know, face to face. On the other side, okay, let's say it's an, an accounting issue or a coding issue. I mean, you can do that anywhere. Hmm. So it's all about management and leadership having to tailor uh, the work environment, okay, to what needs to be done and also to the right person so that the right person can function properly in that environment because it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, no, you're entirely right. And I think, you know, even the basics, it goes back to, Leadership is still about people, and even when your people might be remote or you might be hybrid, but at the end of the day, it's about communicating with them, making sure that they have the support they need, make sure that they they, clear, they clearly understand the goals. All that hasn't changed, you know, even even in a hybrid environment. So some things remain the same, even though our, you know, our workplace might look differently in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. interesting. Absolutely. Well, you know, you've been busy uh, during this pandemic. You have a new book out, and I have it right here called The Experience of Leadership. And uh, and the subtitle is Proven Examples from Successful Leaders. And um, this is kind of a completely different leadership book. And I was excited that I was a part of it. But tell us a little bit about what this book is, how it, and, and maybe the origin of why you, you decided to come out with a book very much like this, which is a little unusual from a typical leadership book. Well, Julius Caesar uh, was attributed to have said, I, I mean, I don't know how they'll verify all this stuff, <laughs> but it said that uh, experience is the teacher of all. Mm. And I mean, that is, that, that's, that's true. Hence the title, the experience of leadership. But one of the things I wanted to do was I believe that success and leadership are inextricably linked. Mm. Okay. And, you know, you can talk about the success, the success issues, but <clears throat> I mean, you need the alignment, the right environment, you have to persevere. And so that's a whole nother discussion. And I've, but I, I'd always wanted to write, a leadership book. And I'm not, a, I mean, I think there's a place for leadership training, but I don't, but as you know, leadership training in, in and of itself is not that effective unless there's an environment where you can sustain best practices. Yes. So, yeah. so rather than go ahead. No, that's exactly right. So as I, I like to say is that leadership skills, they, they're like any other skills, you have to practice them to get better at them. And so you have to, it's one thing to go to a leadership course, but it's another thing to be able to, to practice those skills, get better at those skills. And that's how you get better. Just, just like putting reps in in the gym, you have to put reps in as a leader to get better at dealing with people and managing people and, and achieving tough objectives. It, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes reps. And, um, but I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, so experience is really important. How do we learn from the people who've gotten those reps in, you know? And, and, and that's where, I mean, we've talked, we talked about this in our last uh, podcast uh, two years ago, because we talked about the importance of mentors. Mm. 
and you learn from mentors. Well, how, how, what what is it? Just came it just came to me that you know I think some of the leadership books that are written out there, and and again I'm not singling anyone out, but uh, I, I think some of them are a little like you know maybe perhaps a little academic, you know, a little mm-hmm. theoretical. And I was thinking, let's just let's just break through all that and portray a number of people across a number of environments so they can talk about their leadership journey and what worked for them. And, you know, and, and by doing that, I think the reader can look at, okay, what are the best practices and principles that work not only in these different types of environments, but that can work across the spectrum. And you'll see that, you know, in each chapter, we, we have a, we have a, I think a pretty nice cross section of people. We have uh, esteemed individuals such as John Rennie, <laughs> uh, who's uh, who's written several books, bestseller, and uh, has a very successful podcast show. We have uh, uh, we have uh, uh, NFL player. We have several former you know military admirals, presidential aides, someone who's had their own you know news show on a on ABC. We have self-made people so we have a a mix of people so there's something that's in there for everybody but i think by reading the experiences that these people have had it's going to give you that perspective and i'm for example you look at the history books you read stories about i mean just i mentioned julius caesar hannibal uh marcus antonios things like that you can learn by reading a about these people and what worked for them. And so that was, that was my purpose. And I, I, I mean, I do think it is a very different type of book and uh, it's something that I think that uh, people can get a lot out of. I think there are certain sections in there and certain people that are going to resonate with, 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 yeah. with other people. Okay. And they can identify them. And so if, if that one person can read that one or two chapters and something clicks and it helps them, then that's a win-win. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what I like about it is that you've got you've got all these different stories and all these different journeys. And, uh, you know, from business to military, you get you get different perspectives. And I think, you know, that's part of the part of leadership is is being able to uh, it's a complicated subject, you know, leadership in and it's in and of itself. I mean, there's been 15,000 books written on leadership. So everyone's been trying to understand this complex issue. And there's def- there's so many different facets to leadership. And that's what I like about this book is that you get to see it from different perspectives, different angles people at different levels of their career, how did they advance? How did they move up? How were they successful? What points in their lives did uh, they realize they were a leader or that they became a great leader? Um, so you get to see all those from these different distinct stories and different distinct journeys. It's almost like reading, you know, 15 mini biographies about, you know, mm-hmm. leaders. And I think you don't get that in a typical leadership book, which is mm-hmm. what I really liked about the idea of the project. And then when it's when fully executed, it's a fantastic book that, you know, it's easy to read and um, you get a lot of different perspectives and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and and it's all in one place, you know, versus trying to find, these stories, you know, in multiple different places, you've consolidated it down to one place and it's, it's, it's easy to read. That's what I love about this book. And I got to ask you a question. I mean, and I know because I dealt with you, I wrote one of the chapters in the book. So we had a lot of back and forth. What was that like? 
herding these uh, these cats. great leaders, these cats together to be able to put this together. Because I think people don't appreciate how difficult it is. These are busy people. These are busy people doing doing amazing things. And to, for them to take time out to write something that's going to fit all together with all these other stories. What was the process like getting these people together and, and to write the book? Well, uh, this process is just like leading people, John, okay? You have to adapt. Not one person responds to the same leadership style and techniques as the other person. So each person was a little bit different. Hmm. Some required a lot of help. (laughs) Some were, uh, John, you were a bit of an outlier. Oh, uh -oh. You You didn't really require much. I mean, I almost felt guilty because I, you know, didn't have to do that much with your chapter. Okay. So, I mean, that was a, so that gave me time for some of the other cats mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the, some of the other cats, which are featured in the, uh, in the, in the book, uh, I, you know, I would help them with the outline. I would, you know, do various things and it, it just, it, it worked out, but uh, every person's comfortable doing things a certain way. I was there to help, but it was just a lot of communication and trying to keep things, you know, together. And, and at the same time, I wanted every person to sign off on their chapter so that they were comfortable with it. And it was just a lot of iterations and, and, and everything. And the, one of the things was really kind of funny is, I mean, John, I just, one of the things I always wanted to do is I wanted a book that was blue and gold with stars on it. Right, okay? right. That's what we got. Guess, <laughs> this is, man, this is cool. It is. Blue and gold with stars. And John, you may remember, I mean, one of the things that, that is very important for teamwork is to ask the yeah. team, what do they yeah. think? Yeah. It's a collaborative effort. So I spent a lot of time, John, you, you saw it. I would always ask people, what do you think? What about right. this? What about right. that? Right. No, you'll never get unanimity, but you'll get that consensus. And then the rest of the people at least had a chance to say something. So we were going back between one and five stars, minimalist versus whatever. And then there was a uh, I got an email from Mordecai and a couple of people said this. Remember uh, Dr. Mordecai Brownlee, uh, who in congratulations, Mordecai just took over president, I believe, of uh, Aurora Community College in uh, Colorado. I think it's Boulder, but don't hold me to that. So <laughs> five stars always beats one. Right. I remember that. <laughs> and when you, when you think of like the ratings, you're thinking, well, there's five star. Right. I mean, that, that, I, and then I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm surprised that we even had this discussion, but when it was being designed, we decided, you know, a, a minimalist approach. And I want to give, uh, I, I want to give uh, thanks and appreciation to John Ballard, who helped me quite a bit with, you know, some of the title stuff and the subtitles and uh, you and Stephen Mays and everybody else that I work with were very, were very, uh, very helpful. Uh, John, John Stuffelbeam steered a couple very nice and high profile people my way so I could feature them in this book. So I want, it's, it's good cross section. And, and John, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we met each other through social media and I think that's one of, one of the benefits of, you know, you can collaborate, you get to meet people and, you know, over time we developed a, uh, 
that trust, and uh, it spawned into this. And so, John, you're in there. So thank you. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. Well, there's a lot of great lessons you just, you know, shared through that process. A, it was collaborative, but I think B, you said something that's really unique, and I talk about it a lot, and that is everybody needs to be led slightly different. And, and the mark of a good leader is to be able to adjust your leadership style to the way that that person needs to be leaded. Because I, I led, because I remember through the whole process, just some of the back and forth between, I could tell that there were some that were lagging behind in, in meeting due dates, and there were some that needed more editing, and there were others that, and, and then there were some that were really good with giving mm -hmm. feedback to, okay, the cover should look like this, and the subtitle should be this, and it was really good, but I didn't have as much say in those things. I thought, well, I, this is good discussion. I'm going to let that go, but it was really interesting to see everybody contributed, uh, brought their own unique uh, fingerprints to the project. And you, as a, as a good leader, allow those fingerprints to, to get there. So you, were, you weren't set. Sorry, that was my dog. Oh, <laughs> you sorry, completely I... set in your ways uh, about this is the way it's going to look and feel. You were, you were able to, to shift and, and based on the feedback you were hearing. Like you said, the one, the one star was like the, the look in the beginning and then five stars and now, you know, now that you see it, you're like, well, they, it ought to, it ought to have been five stars from the beginning, you know. So you were able to listen to that feedback and 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 adjust. And I think we do that as leaders, right? So we have a direction in mind, but we're also willing to be flexible enough to listen to the feedback and to be able to course correct based on, wow, I didn't think about that. That's a great idea. We're going to move in that direction. So even the process of writing a book like this, it's, it was a leadership effort from the beginning to the end. It was a goal that we had in mind, you had in mind, and you had to basically herd these, you know, talented individuals, successful leaders into a path and get them all, you know, across mm -hmm. the goal line by by due dates, and and you did it. And I think it's it was kind of fun to watch um, as a leader. You know, as a leader myself, it's fun sometimes not to be the leader. I get to sit back and observe leadership and see how it's going. So for me, it was kind of fun to be sort of uh, in the back of the bus and not in the front of the bus on this one. But I, again, a lot of a lot of great leadership lessons just in writing the book was interesting. And, and one of the things, and John, you know, we've talked about this before. This is something I know you're keen on is uh, one of the common threads throughout every chapter was the collaborative effort of, of, of working with a team, but also decision making. Hmm. And I remember in uh, Bert Callen's, Admiral Callen, who's uh, a real, he's a war hero. I think he's a national treasure. And I'm just honored and privileged that he was the, you know, in, in the book, but uh, I, I liked one of his terms where he said quality decision-making. In mm. other words, he said, you know, he, he talked about the importance of integrity, but he said, really, the end result should be a quality decision. Mm. Okay. And it should be made by involving everybody, all of the people. And, and that's why it's important to take that input. And for you, 
or, or, or me or the leader, whoever, not to come in with a preordained or just a stubborn or arrogant idea that this is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And if you take that input and let everybody uh, participate and you're secure enough to take that criticism and to, to take suggestions with, I think, think there's a mark of a good leader and a mark of someone who's secure in their own skin, then that's a good thing. And yeah. I think that, that was common throughout. It was, it was, and John, you said, you know, it says leadership is a people business. That's uh, have you trademarked that? <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely something that's in all my podcast episodes. So everybody yeah, knows it's, it's me. True. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about it's all about the people. I mean, yeah. it's all about the people. And it's about how you treat those people. It's how you interact. And you have to be you know, you have to assess what's going on, adapt accordingly, be empathetic, have a good social quotient, all those things. You know, yeah, you, you know, very important. And um, yeah, I was going to say, say, are there were there as you read through the stories that were submitted, were there some things that stood out to you, either stories or lessons that really were um, <clears throat> that were like an aha moment for you? You're like, wow, this is really, <clears throat> I never knew this, or that's a really good point. Were are there uh, any stories in the in the book that that uh, that really surprised you or, or or was really unique when you, when you read it for the first time? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I said there weren't. Now, one of the things that surprised me was the, again, the, the commonality of some of the mm-hmm. things that were brought up in the book and the importance about, about them, but how each one of the, uh, each one of the uh, uh, issues was 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 taken care of. Uh, there, if if there was one thing that was just a little bit, I guess you say, different in terms, of, it wasn't really a a leadership thing, but it was Tori Clark was talking about her time at the Pentagon mm. and during nine eleven, and you know one of the things that her boss had said, uh, you know, her, her leader, whatever you want to say, was, you know, just in case there's a, a problem with, you know, electronically or, you know, we lose computers, have everything written down so you have a hard copy backup. And to me, that, that was something that was like, I was thinking, you know, I mean, I do that, but I, I think more and more people need to understand that you need to have those backups and those contingency plans, which was something mm-hmm. that everybody mentioned in the book, but uh, several really kind of honed in on, including, you know, Tori, the need to have those contingency plans. So I, that, that, that was one of the things that got my attention. And, and the other thing that got my attention was uh, we have several uh, presidential aides are featured in the book. Uh, you know, I think one of them carried the nuclear uh, football, so to speak, <laughs> but, but they, again, they talked about, uh, the presidents that they work for and how the president would, would ask them for their opinion and would, and would, uh, you know, get that, get that advice and, and ask different people. And I think that's what you have to do. Then you have to form your opinion and have the courage, moral courage and to, to go ahead and do the right thing. Mm. Yeah. There's so many, so many great stories in that book and, and again, you have 15 contributors there, plus your, you know, the bookends of the, your, your bookends in the front and back. I think it's a great, 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 great resource for leaders. Um, 
you know, if you if you were saying what were the what are what are some of the uh, the what do you hope that leaders will take away from this book as they read this book, they get this book, they read these stories of experienced uh, leaders, uh, successful leaders. What do you hope they'll walk away with from from this book? Well, I, I think number one, I mean, best practices, you know, and and uh, I think secondly is the fact that if you're really going to learn leadership, you have to insert yourself into an organization and environment where you are able to learn best practices. And then, you know, beyond that, if you are going to be a leader and have it consistent and, you know, constant throughout your organization, uh, you need to create an environment that sustains best practices. And uh, no one is born a leader. Okay. And I think everybody needs to understand that they do have leadership qualities in them. Uh, if everybody, you know, if leaders were born, we wouldn't be having these discussions because when you go to the, you know, we go to the nursery that have the little leader tag, whatever, whatever, you know, color that would be. But, uh, but, but everybody does have leadership capabilities, but they also have to be true to themselves and not try to be something they can't. So they have to match their, you know, their skill set and their talents and their personality to, uh, you know, to to the to the leadership situation. And as long as you're true to yourself and, uh, you know, you you have the ability to assess what's going on with you and adapt and you can take that feedback and you're secure and uh, you persevere and you have integrity, which is another mm-hmm. word mentioned throughout the book. I think, you know, you, you can do OK. But again, go at your own pace, be true to yourself, and you know, learn as you go. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see that in these stories. You'll see you'll see consistent themes throughout each of these stories uh, that are in the in the chapters. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, would you have a question for you? Would you ever tackle a project like this again, trying to bring, you know, these uh, different ideas together into one book? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, you have to look at my background. I was I, I played a lot of sports. I was a quarterback in, in high school and college. So I'm used to trying to help, you know, bring people together, so to speak. And that's it was always been kind of my nature. So I enjoyed that because I enjoyed getting the different perspectives from from the, you know, from the people and, you know, uh, and, and, and just how things came about. And, you know, again, you talked about one thing that kind of got my attention. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, it was just that why did people make certain decisions in their lives? Mm-hmm. Some of it was just the fact that they had a predisposition or an inkling that this is something that we're interested in. And then an opportunity arose and they either took advantage of it or created that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so I would say that everybody in that book you know, did not wait for something to happen. Mm-hmm. They made something happen by not only taking advantage of an opportunity, but by also creating opportunities for themselves. And uh, and, th- and that's very important because if you're sitting there waiting for someone to take mm-hmm. care of you or to just say, hey, John, I'm looking out for you. John, it might be a long wait for you, my man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that. But I also like what you said too is sort of like, you know, the the more you're in leadership, there's you know there's a gut instinct level, and you 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 sense. You mentioned that leaders you know, they got a sense that they needed to make a move, and I think one of the things I've learned as I've been doing this for thirty years is not to not to ignore that 
that gut instinct or that that tingly feeling that something's wrong, something's some something has shifted. I need to make a move. Um, and I think that I, I've learned not to ignore those noises when you hear them in your head, like this, this isn't good. You know, I'm seeing data that's doing a certain thing, or I'm, you know, I'm I'm not getting uh, you know, my hit rate on my quotes is is suddenly shifted one or two or three percentages. You're like, wait a second, something, something has changed, something has shifted. And I think having, you know, when you're, when you're been in the trenches, as long as I have, you start getting like a, a sixth sense about something's wrong and I need to take action. And like you said, not wait for uh, someone to come save me. You've got to, as I say in my books, I got to run to the fire, right? You know, train firefighters, run to the fire, you know, before it gets out of control. And I think that's something that uh, I've learned is to listen to that voice in your head, because you know, it, it's telling you something, something's wrong, you need to attack it, you need to confront it. So I think that you're right, that um, that's something that that does come out in the book through the stories. Yeah, I mean, those, those, that instinct, they say it's what, messages from the soul. I mean, yeah. you know, listen, listen to your gut and, uh, you know, what do they say? If it doesn't feel right, doesn't smell right, doesn't look right, maybe it's not right. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. It is, maybe it isn't, but just... Uh, check it out a little bit more and, you know, get, get, get some, uh, you know, get feedback and you know, try to assess what's going on and uh, just don't, uh, what is it they say? Uh, fools rush in where angels for the tread. Yeah. Well, yeah. Be a wise angel, right? Yeah. Be a wise angel. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so what do you think, what's next for you in, in terms of projects? We mentioned a few things that you might be working on, but um, what's, so what's next for you? Well, Short term, from a personal standpoint, I have a son in Japan, been there for three years, and uh, I'm working on getting a business visa to see him. Oh, um, nice. So we could be there in July for three weeks, which would be great. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, a, at a, another book, and, and I, I don't know, I, I talked about the workplace thing, and I'm thinking about doing something about the new environment, for example, you know, how are decisions made, what type of arrangements work best in which environment, where have all the workers gone, things like that. And I also like motivational sayings. I, uh, you know, I, I, I like, uh, if you go on my Twitter feed, you'll see a lot of motivational sayings. I like that. So I was thinking of doing something more along the motivational side as well. I'm not real sure, but I think it'll be the former, not the <laughs> latter next. And I'm, I'm also, uh, working on getting the book, you know, published in other countries. And part of that process is me having to commit to a fourth book. So I'm going to have to make my mind up pretty. pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know what I'll do, John? What's that? I'm going to follow my instinct. There you go. We just okay. talked about it. Follow your yeah. gut. That's great. Well, how can people find out more about you and this new book, uh, The Experience of Leadership, which, again, I'm holding up for those who are watching on YouTube? Well, I have a website, uh, fredstubeck.com, which has information on the book. But the, the book is, uh, is is available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple, places like that. So uh, if you just Google the name on, on those forms or go to my website, it'll direct you to... Uh, links to click and you can go on from there and feel free to buy one, five, 10 or more. <laughs> 10 or more. Absolutely. 
Well, very good. Well, this has been fantastic, Fred. It was good to have you back on the podcast. And uh, thanks for sharing uh, this great book and, and, and being the quarterback for the, the getting this thing uh, published. Uh, I, was, I was honored to be a part of it. I think it's a fantastic book. And I do encourage everyone who's listening in to, um, to get this book read this book and and learn the lessons that are in in the pages because I think you will be a better leader if you do that. So Fred, thank you very much for coming on the show and being a part of the podcast and being a uh, 100 episodes later coming back on the podcast. Yeah, when you get to 2:30, give me a holler, okay? <laughs> I will. I, I I'm going to. <laughs> but, uh, okay, well I, that's a commitment. But John, thank you very much. I, I, again, I'm 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 uh, it's an honor to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. And I hope that your listeners can get something out of this. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hey guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.